Welcome to our Advent podcast, where we are seeking to draw living water from the Gospel of John. Today, we will hear from John chapter 12. This is Pastor Jill. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There, they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they had heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, We wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, I glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of the light. After Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. Although he had performed so many signs in their presence, they did not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And so... They could not believe because Isaiah also said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart so that they might not look with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. Then Jesus cried aloud, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me, and whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. On the last day, the word that I have spoken will serve as judge. For I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who has sent me has himself given me a commandment about what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I speak, therefore, I speak just as the Father has told me. 
Here ends the reading. We are only in chapter 12, just over halfway through the gospel, but already we are in the final week of Jesus' life. He says in this chapter, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Well, finally, we and his disciples and all of his followers have been waiting for his time to come. Will he assume the rule of Israel? Will he explain himself? Will the world finally get put in order? Jesus surprises everyone by talking about death. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains not just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What? When Jesus comes, we want victory, celebration, relief. What's he talking about with death and hating life? Once again, Jesus reveals to us how easy it is to get our priorities mixed up. We judge victory by human standards. We expect that we will personally gain the reward. Jesus explains here that true victory is when we are able to give life to others. That is when our lives are meaningful. Going with Jesus' metaphor, I am so grateful that there was once an apple seed that was willing to change from what it was so that a tree could grow and provide me with an apple today. Nobody knows what exactly happened to that original seed, but it gave me nourishment and life today. In the same way, we humans often have hard shells that resist change we think we will have victory if we come out of our experiences the same way we went in, as one whole and complete individual. Jesus' idea of victory is not about maintaining ourselves, but in figuring out how we might give life beyond ourselves. In a few hundred years, nobody will remember my name or that I even existed that might make me feel pretty meaningless. According to Jesus though, if I live and give in such a way that others' lives are blessed, I will have achieved the purpose for which I was created. Is God calling on us to flex in some way? Is Jesus nudging us toward a generosity that will not benefit ourselves directly, but will bless someone else? Is Jesus asking us to focus on eternal life with him rather than what feels like success today? Let us pray. Jesus, what are you calling us to be today? Is it different from yesterday? Help us to grow into the people you want us to be, not the people we think we should be. Amen.